Thank you for joining us. The Dacus Report is on the air to defend your religious freedom, your parental rights, and other civil liberties. And now, with the latest information, is your host, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. We've got some great topics here today, right. Michael, and I'm, I'm glad you're here with us to, to join us. You head up the Southern California Office for Pacific Justice Institute. That's right. And um, I'm uh, good to be here. Yeah, it's glad to, ha- glad to have you. Uh, there's so much that we're undertaking at PJI right now. And uh, we're, you know, we're one of the biggest issues we're facing is dealing with the Biden vaccine mandate. Yes. And there's different dimensions of it. <clears throat> we're addressing it on our website for employers, <laughs> for employees, military personnel, um, students. Mo- students, moms and dads who are right now in some states like California looking about looking at the issue of maybe having to force their child to be vaccinated, uh, get the jab, even though the, the child's five years old. Uh, this is something else we see possibly sweeping the nation. Yeah, uh, We got some serious issues. Well, it looks like a federal court uh, has decided to say, uh, not so fast, Biden administration. That's right. When it comes to requiring <laughs> businesses to vax their employees, if they have over 100, what's going on here? Yeah, and this is a, a it, it, this is a good place for it to happen. It's in the Fifth Circuit, which we both know is one of the more conservative circuits in the country. And um, we've seen them do uh, the right thing more times than not. And so it's it's good that it's there. But the issue here is, does OSHA, does OSHA have the right, the constitutional right to make this kind of requirement? And I think that's a good question. I, I think that under uh, OSHA's charter, I think it's a good question is whether or not they have the authority to make this kind of a sweeping order affecting uh, uh, health care for all 100 plus employers, 100 plus person employers. Yeah. So uh, right mm. now, I mean, you know, these employers across America that, you know, they have there's millions and millions of, of people working for these kind of companies. Yeah. These employers, you know, have been very concerned because a large percentage of their employees are saying, I'm not taking the jab. Other employees are saying, hey, yeah, this is good. I'm sure. But a lot of them are saying, I will not take the jab. And we already have a crisis in terms of more jobs that we have people to fill them. This would really hurt our economy, I think, with a large number that would just walk out and say, my life is more important to me than keeping this job. Yeah. I'll work somewhere else. I'll move to, you know, somewhere else. Uh, so I think that this decision is very important. Now, is this binding on the entire country, this Fifth Circuit decision, or is it just binding on its application of o- this OSHA restrictions to, uh, to just the, the states occupying the Fifth Circuit like no, Texas? I actually think this is a, a broad um, a, a stay right now for where it's at. And they say they're going to hear it on uh, expedited review. So, um, you know, that, that I, I think this is broad enough to keep it from being uh, enforced anywhere in the country. Uh, and, and that's I think that's important uh, because, look, most of us were concerned that, th- w- that this was coming. We knew it was coming. And in fact, the, the president had uh, promised that it was coming. And uh, but but th- this notion that they can just with. Basically, a, 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 
administrative agency make this sweeping of a requirement is it's just not in keeping with our system and with the system that the rights that Congress has given OSHA. Now, OSHA does have the ability to come down with regulations protecting people in the workplace. That's right. Safety issues. They're, they're, they have a lot of authority. Yeah. You know, you need to have, a, you know, a fire sprinkler alarm system in the workplace. Exactly. You know, you need to have proper escape routes. Yes. I get that. Yeah. Uh, but apparently what the Biden administration is trying to implement is what I believe it's called a uh, an emergency temporary standard. Yes. And there's been like 10 of those, I think 10 in the, in the history by the issued by the president of the United States. Four of those 10 in the past were struck down yes. as beyond the powers of the executive branch of the president. That's right. I don't know. I, I think there's a good chance, Michael, that we're going to see. The Fifth Circuit, after reviewing this and the evidence that this is just an uh, an end run for the administration to control our lives, I think there's a good chance they're going to say, no, this is not a valid application of the emergency uh, temporary standard. I agree. And, and here's the important thing. We already have an administrative state that is way too powerful. Uh, they, they make rulings that don't have to go to through our legislature. So the issue is here, I haven't heard of one legislature throughout the country that has put into place these mandates. What is it? It's all government, it's uh, governors and the president with executive orders, and it's rulemaking bodies like OSHA making these sweeping changes. It really tells me something. What's happening? Why aren't the legislatures doing this? And I know the reason. They're afraid to do this because people are saying no way. Now, this lawsuit was, uh, I guess it was brought by the state of Texas yep, and uh, the attorney general's office. Yes. This one, um, I believe, was, I don't think this is the state of Texas. Well, this uh, is one. a different, a yeah, different there, one. There's another set that all uh, many uh, governors throughout the country, I think it was 13 or 14 now, have filed also suits okay. on it, but that's not this. One. And this was a this is a different, distinct one. So, yeah. the good news that people need to understand is that uh, that there are multiple states, what I call free states. Yes, indeed. Texas and Florida, mm -hmm. others, multiple states where freedom's important. Mm -hmm. That have their attorney generals have boldly taken steps to challenge this uh, new this OSHA mandate of over 100 employees for the you know the vaccine. I, I think that's encouraging. Yes, and I believe that 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 is going to ensure that one way or the other, this is going to is going to be heard. This case is important. Those other cases, I think, there's a good chance that at the end of the day, the Supreme Court is going to take this up. Uh, I've heard some private attorneys, you know, trying to file their lawsuits. Um, you know, I, I think it's with the attorney generals of these states filing lawsuits, and then yeah. we, you know we have this one. I, I really don't see that as. Uh, as a good usage of resources uh, when there are so many individuals actually needing representation from the vaccine mandate. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I, I, and I like the way the court put this, that there are grave statutory and constitutional issues with this mandate. That's a good thing. We know it is, it is grave. And, and, and that we've seen on these, this whole COVID um acting state actors moving on the COVID has been one tremendous grave statutory and constitutional issue, uh, in my opinion. 
and that the law the law was not designed to make this happen that we've seen happen over the year and 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 so for instance we've seen many ask me well why why is it that the supreme court doesn't take these cases on more readily and and the issue is and what people don't understand is number one it's very rare that the supreme court decides to hear a case and then at this point, all of these cases, the vaccine cases that have gotten to the Supreme Court, got there on an emergency basis. And those are even more oh, yeah. rare, as we found out last year. Yeah, it's uh, well, in, in March, yeah. we were able to get oh, a, year. yeah, we got an emergency injunction That's right. from the United States Supreme Court ordering the state of California, Governor Gavin Newsom, to open those churches, yes. stop closing the churches. That's right. It was such an, an overt violation of constitutional freedoms yeah. that they went ahead and took up our case and in three days granted us the injunction that we we, got, we sought against the governor of California. Indeed. And, and, so, and the, the county of Santa Clara. It's the county of Santa Clara on behalf of churches. Now, I have to admit, uh, I wasn't expecting it because it right. is so rare that the Supreme Court will move on such emergency injunction requests. Yes. Uh, that said... I think that the court recognizes the breadth and the gravity of what's being thrust upon millions of Americans. I think at the end of the day, uh, if the Fifth Circuit does not decide to continue to stay, does not grant the injunctive relief, I think there's still a good chance the Supreme Court will then take it up. Yeah. I think we've got the I think we have people on the Supreme Court that see through this and are willing to call it out. I think you're right. I mean, because many, many of these, what we hear from the Supreme Court is we want the record from below. And if they do it on an emergency order, there's really no record from below. Um, so here, if they hear this as the, the court in the Fifth Circuit decided, if they hear this on an expedited, expedited basis, then that will give the court a record. And, and perhaps we can get, therefore, a ruling out of the Supreme Court. Uh, mm -hmm. like we waited for so long last year and into this year. And uh, thank God we got it for the church freedoms, church's freedoms to meet. Yeah. You know, over the last week, Michael, I, you know, we've been doing town hall meetings, Pacific Justice Institute. That's right. Uh, I did one at, at um, Skyline Church down in, you know, South San Diego area. Yeah. Uh, I did another one for Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa with Pastor Brian Broderson. Yes. Uh, I did another one for Calvary Chapel Chino Hills. Uh, and um, Jim Franklin's large church uh, up in Fresno. Yeah. And uh, just last night, we did one up in Santa Clarita. I'd, so we're trying to empower business owners, uh, workers, employees, parents who are afraid of having their children forced to be vaxxed, giving them the concrete information that they need so they don't have to act in fear and suddenly put their house on the market and leave the state right. without really understanding <laughs> the real risk, and also what they can do proactively to uh, defeat these mandates when they violate their convictions or what they think is best for their children. That's right. Uh, so I just wanted to extend to the, the audience right now that, you know, the stakes are high. We have a limited amount of time, folks. Uh, these mandates are coming down and they're already have laid, people are already being laid off and put on unpaid leave. If you would like us to put on a town hall meeting uh, where you are, Anywhere in the country, we have we have offices in 16 states uh, across the country, 20 attorneys, 16 states. We're ready to put on those town halls uh, and to give us information. Maybe you have a, there's a large church that would like to host it, for example. Uh, we're there without charge 
we'll put on these town halls and we'll give that kind of concrete, clear information that people need uh, to really make a difference. We also cover this in our Zoom calls as well. That's right. Uh, people get information about that mm -hmm. on our website, pji.org. Uh, but uh, I think we have a limited amount of time to save as many as we can from losing their jobs, from having their kids jabbed against their will. And yet there are clear remedies to prevent this from happening. That's right. And that is the big takeaway that people need to understand. It's not about just throwing a pillow at the TV. Right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. It's it's there's specifics and they can make a, an impact by calling their church and trying to arrange these kind of town halls. Yeah. And uh, we can uh, equip and empower many, many people. Yep. And we've got uh, on our website, we have a, a lot of information there, too. So so look, you can go and speak at these places. It's, we have other attorneys throughout the country that can do it as well. And and so the bottom line is the information is there. People need to avail themselves of it by going to PJI.org or contacting us to uh, have you speak or another attorney speak. And um, they can mm -hmm. get some information and not have to be dealing in silence. Yeah, we have tons of resources yeah. and information. 28-page Q&A, and then plus specialization for each of those categories we yeah. talked about, yeah. even the military. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're there, and people need to take advantage of that. And if they know of someone needing help, then they should forward this information on to them. That's right. The, the, you know, this is the time we need to be stepping up for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are being impacted so uh overtly and yeah. uh, and severely. What about uh, Oklahoma? Now, I understand the uh, governor of Oklahoma has uh, slammed a school district's illegal decision to fire maskless teachers. Uh, That's right. So I guess in Oklahoma, you've got some teachers. They don't want to wear masks. And this governor says, you're going to fire them? Not so fast. Yeah, that's right. And this, again, this is another, as you call it, a free state here in Oklahoma. And uh, and 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 so the governor, th there was a he had signed a bill. Uh, I think his name is Kevin Stitt. He had signed a bill in May prohibiting school boards from uh, uh, you know implementing a mask mandate for employees. So that. The law, that's the law. But so many, we've seen this throughout the country. Uh, here we have this um, Oklahoma City Public Schools basically violating that law and requiring teachers to wear a mask. And if they don't, they get fired. Yeah. And there's no exemption for those uh, who have already had COVID. That's right. Uh, and people, when they wear masks for long periods of time, studies show it does actually weaken their immunity. Um, we're going into the winter. I, I, I think this is, you know, we need to look at the experts. We need to look at science and the science and stats shows if you don't really need to wear a mask, you shouldn't wear a mask. Yeah. And if teachers want to wear a mask, they want to, there's no problem. No, of course. Oh, wait a minute. That's, that's freedom. We're yeah, talking about uh, freedom. Yes. Yes. That word that there's there's yeah. some in Washington just don't understand it, and some of these um, teachers unions don't understand it. That's right. And importantly here, too, is that this is the heavy hand of government. And frankly, I don't know that I've ever seen the, the uh, exhibition of hard tactics coming from uh, our government as I have now on these masks and vaccine mandates. And here, the teachers involved, 
even said, okay, look, we're willing to work with you. We'll wear, we'll wear a mask in the classroom, for instance. So they were willing to move, but the school district said, no, we're going to make a point of you and fired them. So again, this is a heavy, I, I, I gosh, yeah. I hate to say this, but Nazi is sick, uh, a yeah. movement that, look, that's it. You either agree with us or you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, that's not America. No, it, it isn't. You know, I was really glad uh, when I saw that we filed a major lawsuit uh, in Florida. Yes. Uh, against the, I guess it's the Palm Palm uh, Beach School District. Yes. Where uh, our attorney, Alexander uh, Bumbu, has filed a, a major lawsuit on behalf of parents who were told by this school district they have to wear, the kids have to wear a mask, even though the, the state of Florida and the governor issued a mandate saying, no. If yeah. parents want their child not to wear a mask, it has to be respected. And this rogue school district says, no, every child shall wear a mask. Yes. It is verboten for anyone to disagree. I mean, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's that it, ethic it, that it, we're it, seeing. It, yeah. And so anyway, I'm glad we filed that, that lawsuit. We have yes. Pacific Justice Institute uh, there on behalf of thousands of parents are going to be benefiting in, in Florida. And hopefully it'll set some ripples across the country. Uh, against uh, rogue school districts that are going down this this path. It's very, very disturbing. What, what does it tell you that you have these the law, the state law in Florida, as we're seeing, and in Oklahoma, as we're seeing, and other places as well, that the law says you can't do this, but these school districts do it anyway. Yeah, they do it anyway. That's, that's, that's rogue. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Speaking of schools, uh, we know that uh, in Tennessee, there's a, there's a case dealing with a private religious club, Christian club. That's right. And it's called, I guess, a Teens for Christ Club. Yes. Great group. Uh, they got challenged uh, because they played basketball and wanted people that were part of their club to play basketball while they allegedly read scripture. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. What what happened in this case? Yeah. So I think the the thing that's really important that people realize, and we do that a lot of these cases, it's really important that uh, Christian clubs get to exist on the same footing as any other club on campuses, whether it be a high school campus or whether it be a college campus. Christian clubs have the right to exist. That's courtesy of the Equal Access Act That's that was right. signed into law. Um, it was passed almost unanimously in the House and the Senate, That's and it right. was signed into law by former President Bill Clinton. That's right. And now we're seeing this basic right under the law being challenged. Yeah. So what this club did is they went in, they'd like to go into the a gymnasium and shoot baskets while they're as part of their club function. Let's let's they do their thing. They get into scripture. They do whatever they they're, they're doing together as students. But they also want to have fun and shoot a few baskets. But that wasn't acceptable for a, a a lesbian couple who said their son should be able to go in there and not um, participate in the club. So basically, just to go in to shoot baskets. You should be able to shoot baskets and not be have to to listen to people reading the Bible, right? But clubs have the ability to have access to a part of the school at a, at right. a certain periods of time, That's right? 
So she wanted to basically, these, this, this lesbian couple basically wanted to be the party poopers and say, no, if, if, we don't, if, if, if we don't want child to be exposed to religion, we should be able to silence it. Basically, freedom from religion is what they want to advocate. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They, they want to have a veto of religious expression. And that is not freedom in America. No, it's not in keeping with the law. The Christians get to have access to the, main, the, the mainstream. Or frankly, any religious club gets to have access to the mainstream. And if they want to have a club, they can have a club. That, that's that's you know, whatever to whatever standards are put on other clubs, they can do that. So you can see maybe um, you know a gardening club that wants to go and garden and as part of their activity. Their, that's their fun thing. Okay, you have to be a member of the gardening club to go do that. That's fair enough. But here, there's this per, all they said was, look, you just have to be a member and a participant in the in the Teen for Christ club. And then, yeah, you can shoot baskets with us. That's fine. But, but that, that wasn't good enough. No, it, that he, the child apparently didn't. The student didn't want to be a member. Yes. He wanted to be able to force his way in play basketball with that, and then and silence any religious discussion. That's right. I am so glad that uh, the, the, the Christian club won, uh, yes, Teens right. for Christ club. Yeah. Uh, now, I know, you know we've helped before uh, Christian clubs like put on full baccalaureate services. Oh, absolutely. On high school campuses yes. in the gym. Uh, they have access to, to the, just like others, uh, other groups. And so there's a lot of exciting things that Christian clubs can do on campus. And we talk about that actually in our book, Reclaim Your School. Absolutely. That is available for a free download. So folks, if you want to download it, it's, it's called Reclaim Your School. You can go to our website, pji.org, and get a free copy of that. But we talk about all the many different ways that uh, Christian clubs and parents and, and others uh, can have a real positive impact on public schools, which are becoming so dark and so dangerous yeah. that uh, so many parents are wisely actually pulling their kids out of public schools. But for those that are still have kids in or just want to have an impact, yes. uh, there are definite things that they can do. And, and hats off to, to groups like Teens, uh, Teens for Christ Club. Absolutely. And, and uh, th this, is a, this is a needed component to school life is to be able to have Christian clubs, whether it be a Bible club, Teen for Christ Club. They need to be there. And there's plenty of reason that we're going to talk about actually why they need to be there. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, there is, you know, definite um, challenges to our youth today, like yeah. never before, uh, you know, parents, you know, Michael uh, sees so much that's taking place uh, in our public schools uh, with regards to, you know, sexuality, Yes. With regards to the CRT, critical race theory, which breeds racism and division and hate under the guise of of doing the opposite. But, right. uh, you know, and we we see all this material, the woke movement. Yeah. And it's so destructive, so dangerous, so depressing. So uh, uh, and this is a time in life, particularly like in, in junior high and in high school. Uh, kids should not be isolated because of the color of their skin. They shouldn't be put down, That's forced right. to stand up and apologize for their skin color. Yeah. Uh, for something allegedly that their ancestors may or may not have done. Uh, it's it's yeah. very destructive. And I think many parents are going to be speaking up about this, uh, even in the recent Virginia election, 
I think parents' rights and this issue was number one on the list. Oh, I think you're right. Which caused this major upset in Virginia and almost a another major upset uh, in the nearby state, I guess, of of Maryland. Yes, you know, and that is a great or New Jersey, New Jersey. Yes, that's a great point because here we have these schools, and it seems like such an onslaught of negativity to these students. You know, the, these these raunchy sex ed classes that are sweeping across the nation, unfortunately. The CRT, as you've spoken about, where they are actually trying to divide people, actually trying to educate children in a way that actually hurts their spirit. Right. Uh, in fact, I, you've called it a spiritual genocide that happens in school with these sex right. ed matters. And, and the CRT matters are are almost as bad, maybe even worse, because they're telling people, hey, you're good and you're bad. If you have this skin color, you're good and you're oppressed. If you have this color, you're bad and you're the oppressed soul. Pacific Justice Institute invites you to join in the fight to protect our religious liberties. Consider volunteering in one of our California offices or become an affiliate attorney. Visit our website to find out more pji.org. And while you're there, subscribe to our Legal Insider to keep updated on all of our current cases. Pacific Justice Institute. Together, we can make a difference. So folks, there you have it. It's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brian Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms. Thank you for listening in today. To find out more about the Pacific Justice Institute or the Dacus Report, call 916-857-6900 or log on to pacificjustice.org.